All right, welcome back to But Why Should I Care with Deanna Huff and Ellie Huff, where we discuss different topics that might seem intriguing. Yes, intriguing, <laughs> but at first sight might say you might say, but why should I care about that? Um, so today we're gonna be discussing the ultimate good and what that what that is. So this has come up in several different books we've been reading, both Deanna and I. Uh, So we wanted to take a minute and talk about how, you know, we see how the ultimate good is going to be our focus uh, in life. So the ultimate good is going to be what we are pursuing. So whether that be some type of virtue like, you know, in Aristotle's um, Nicomachean Ethics, right? Mm -hmm. So he discusses all human activities are aimed at some good, and uh, generally that ultimate good is happiness, but we all look at happiness differently, right? Yes, We yes. all, you know, have our own perspectives of what brings us happiness. So it could be pleasure, it could be honor, it could be uh, like contemplation or knowledge. So by analyzing these ultimate goods, it kind of like makes our path a little bit straighter, a little bit n- more narrow to like see what we're, what the next step is, right? It kind of illuminates our path, I think. Yeah, and it exposes what actually is the ultimate good, right? Right. Would you agree? Yes, it, it exposes what um, we are pursuing. So by looking at this particular, you know, uh, I, I like to just say virtue, but like this abstract concept that we are like pursuing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we're going to be <laughs> enforcing that that should be God. So the ultimate good should be God, because, you know, he's the absolute being, he's intrinsically good, unchanging. This is something we can pursue and ultimately will be soul satisfying and makes our path straighter. Yeah. And sometimes we think, you know, each day we are pursuing the ultimate good God. Mm -hmm. Right. But in the midst of our society, Mm -hmm. we get sidetracked and we don't even realize we're getting sidetracked and we're pursuing all these other things. Mm -hmm. And we find ourselves depressed and we think, why? Why am I depressed? Why am I depressed? I'm. (laughs) But what's happening is that we're putting something in place of the ultimate good, which is mm-hmm. interesting because First Chronicles 16, 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Mm-hmm. And then you see again also, well, in other passages, but sure. just flipping over to the New Testament, you also see in Mark chapter 10, verse 16, This is where the rich young ruler is coming up to Jesus. And Mm -hmm. he's saying, hey, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Right. And Jesus looks at him and he he says, why do you call me good? Right. There's no one good but God. Mm -hmm. And so we can confidently say the ultimate good is God, that Mm -hmm. he is intrinsically good. Right. And that's the pursuit of what we want to see in our society is good, right? Right. And so we pursue all these things thinking we're going to have this. Satisfaction. Yes. Yeah. And we're really not until we see the ultimate good is God and then pursue Mm -hmm. him. Because we have the society that's telling us what the ultimate good is. Yeah. Okay. So we've wrapped up the podcast. Yeah. Right. What is the ultimate good? Pursue God. No, there might be a few things. (laughs) Maybe I just want to add here. Yeah. So ultimately, as we 
want to look at some of the things in society today. Well, and especially as we're reading. I mean, one of the things that brought this to mind for me personally was reading the book by Alan Noble, You're Not Your Own. Right. Right. And he brings these ideas out Mm -hmm. throughout the book. It's a thought-provoking book, I would say. And you may agree or disagree with different points of it, but you will not walk away from it without thinking, okay, wait a second, what am I pursuing Mm -hmm. and is it good? Right. And you feel seen, you know, it goes through, um, you know, the world we're living in and the reality that is presented to us and how we as Christians are supposed to live in the world and not of it pretty much. So, you know, and, and and he's also, his ultimate thrust of the book is that we're in this society and a lot of people are seeking a secular anthropology Mm -hmm. as opposed to a Christian anthropology. And that being, you know, what is man, what is he supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. and ultimately seeking the highest good, which is what we're talking about. Which God is God. Right. So it's interesting. Um, Dr. Noble, you know, in his book, he goes through how we belong to ourselves if we don't belong to God. So it's just like this. Um, if we're pursuing the ultimate good of God or we're pursuing the ultimate good of, you know, fill in your um, secular abstract concept that you're pursuing, right? Your secular goal, right? So when we belong to ourselves, we're responsible to do things like he mentions justifying our existence and discovering our own meaning, creating our own identity, choosing values and belonging to something, because these are all things that, you know, we seek as human beings, like everyone seeks those things. So Noble refers to these as responsibilities of self-belonging. And they're all fixed on something, right? So if the ultimate good is yourself, you know, and Uh your own pleasure, your own honor, your own, um, you know, social status, all these different things, then obviously all of this possibility is going to, you know, make you so anxious because you can't make a, a decision like in Sylvia Plath's. The bell jar. So like in the bell jar, the, um, and Noble mentions this in his book, right? There's the main character, Esther Green, I think, or something like that. Um, she is living this life of, you know, pursuing success in her job and she's getting this internship and living like the life that she wants to, but she keeps getting overwhelmed with possibility and she gets bound by necessity, right? So these are Kierkegaardian things, right? Yeah, we yeah. find we keep finding ourselves in these like existentially dreadful places where we're we're resonating with these characters that are overwhelmed with all of this opportunity, yet bound by like who they are and their like insecurities. So it's interesting because uh, once we fix our ultimate good on God, everything sort of like falls back into place, and you can understand the truth of you know, your anthropology, Christian anthropology. So who you are is made clear in Christ. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, the path continues to like, you see opening doors and closing doors because, you know, God has some type of like plan and we can rest in peace and like forget all the anxieties of all this possibility by recognizing who God is and who man is. And, you know, it's easy to, like, say that and just say, like, oh, recognize who God is and recognize who man is. And then you'll be happy. <laughs> and then you'll find peace. And it's not like that. But, right, like, at the same right. time, it's something where you can't tell someone, you know, how it is and then just, like, 
be expected to get it. You have to like put it to practice or something, you know? It's like in it's like in a, a counseling session, you know, where people tell you like, you know, your counselor's telling you these things and you're just like, Ugh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do her the homework that I'm supposed to do. But then you actually do it and you're like, Wow, this was really this was really good. It really opened my eyes to whatever it is. Or like when people say, Read your Bible it'll make you feel better and you're just like i guarantee you it will not and then you're like but i'll do it and so you do it and then you're like oh so i'm i'm much happier now i've refocused myself yes. it's just something that like you have to do yes and refocusing your mind yes. on the things that are of god the things that are true and lovely and noble and mm-hmm. and also making sense of the world around us and right. that is what the bible does for us right it relieves us of our responsibilities of self-belonging which noble talks about right these responsibilities that we are required to carry as human beings because we desire all of these answers but God gives us all those answers so that we can like be firm in the truth and the beauty and the goodness of God. Yeah. And in Noble's book, one of the things that he does lay out really well, and he says, you know, in this self-belonging, when you're trying to do these things, it you're exhausting yourself basically mm-hmm. yeah. in trying to have meaning in life. You're exhausting yourself in yeah. trying to provide your own identity mm-hmm. and you think that the world is going to give you the answers to a happy life but the truth is is that the world is not going to give you answers for a happy life and this mm-hmm. moves into the aspect of one of the things that really stood out to me in the book was efficiency and that in our society we use it in a way that we essentially do it for the sake of progress, right? right. We, we say, it, oh, yeah. we're going to have progress in our society, and this is going to make us more efficient, and we can maximize the most out of this. Mm-hmm. And we just keep going on in this progress, calling for people to to do better, to be better, and all these things in a secular way, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Like whatever better is, like whatever yeah. more efficient ends up being, like if we make efficiency our ultimate good, then it's going to, for one, exhaust us, right? That's exactly right. And then also, like, what does it look like to every single person? Well, that's exactly right. And there are so many really good examples that you can see that fall short. I mean, I've been thinking about this recently, and that is because you guys are in college. Mm -hmm. I am in college. And I still have a son in high school, right? He is in high school. And I've watched the transition from going from when I was a kid, we got to school at eight o'clock, we left school at three o'clock, and mm-hmm. we didn't see our teacher till the next day, right? Oh, a dream. <laughs> Not today. No, sir. No, for the sake of efficiency, <laughs> right. we have computers, which is good. I a don't want to say that computers are bad. Right. But now we have computers that are 24 7. so you're supposed to be available all the time you're supposed to get assignments that can be due at eight o'clock at night Uh, you know you're getting emails that you're supposed to have read you're you're supposed (laughs) to watch videos you're supposed and i'm I'm like ptsd just thinking oh my gosh i mean i'm off school but i'm also not (laughs) because i've been getting emails every day about classes i could potentially take or 
um, you know, assignments that, that are being uploaded or whatever. It's just yes. scares me. And I'm actually physically anxious right now. <laughs> I'm going to practice so grounding techniques. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do something. <laughs> but I mean, I, there's, there's a part of that in computers that is good, but for the sake of progress, we just continue to try to maximize all these things for the sake of efficiency, mm-hmm. but we're actually exhausting ourselves right and now we have to not be at school from eight to three we're at school 24 7 and fill in the blank with like work or you know whatever social obligation that you have to fulfill you know you never leave work you never leave school you never leave um your social circle it's like it's it's draining it's exhausting it's depressing yeah and i think that it's overwhelming our kids and we don't even realize that we're doing that because we think we're being so efficient right Right. and i'm not saying that efficiency in and of itself is Is bad bad. right because it's not the ultimate good should not be efficiency efficiency some things should just be left alone (laughs) (laughs) like school 83 like let me leave (laughs) please you know i was watching a tiktok and oh I was watching God. a teacher <laughs> and she was talking about how, yeah. you know, she had received an email after 530. She yeah. got off at 530 mm-hmm. and she said, of course, I don't have an answer right now. Yeah. It's 532. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and yeah. I think we're going to have to recognize, wait, what is the ultimate good? The ultimate good is God. Mm-hmm. And I have done a really good job from eight to three. Mm-hmm. And and now my work is over and I need right. to appreciate my family and I need to appreciate some other things going on in life. Right. And I think, you know, we have to get off of this idea of total work. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because that's but, what postulates, that's what creates burnout, right? Yes. So yes. that's that's where we're getting this. And I would I would say, like, by misunderstanding this, like, ultimate good is what creates that burnout that's exactly right right so you know you see existential dread you see occupational like overworking right you see like academic insecurity and pressure like all these different things um you know come together and create this beautiful little thing called burnout and where you just can't take it anymore like you don't want to wake up in the morning when you're at work or slash school you can't function and you just like you just need a minute to like breathe. That's like, but you can't because you got to keep going because efficient society says that, you know, if you stop, then you'll get behind and you don't want to be behind because, you know, that's not, that's not the way we work anymore. Right. And you want to be a worker. You want to be a producer. Yeah. You want to be a good product. You want to make and, the and most And those things are money. good. You want to make the most, yeah. you know, you want to get as high in the... Corporate ladder. ladder. You You want to be the best, and you want to. And I'm not saying it's it's bad to pursue goals. We're Mm -hmm. not saying that. Yeah. What we're saying is that should not be the the ultimate good. That's exactly. So if God is your ultimate good, everything's put in perspective, right? You know, like the big things that seem like so much pressure, like the day to day, like it gets you know put into the right perspective where it's like this is just work. This is something that I'm doing because I'm doing my best for God for, you know, whatever fulfill, what responsibilities I've been given by God to fulfill. It's not, you know, killing yourself every day to just like get up and do the daily. Cause that's when you get burnout, there's like a lack of motivation. There's, um, 
overwhelm, overwhelming, you know, feelings from anxieties of all of your responsibilities. There's depression because of the overwhelming amount of responsibilities, you know. So you want to put those in perspective and say, like, what do I really need to be doing and what is my purpose? Because that's going to continue to motivate you. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. And give you the rest you need. And yeah. Yeah. And, and you see this efficiency even in vacations, right? Right. Uh, we need to plan a vacation. We got to plan it all out. We got to make sure we have an itinerary. <laughs> yeah. We got to hit all the spots we have to we have to we have to and it's almost like making a business like decision wherever you go to it's like we have to see the things that people tell us that we need to see like society tells us we need to see and you know we have to do um you know an activity of this assortment and see this museum and you know and being organized is not a bad thing no but at the same time we have to realize yeah you know our ultimate good is god Mm -hmm. and we're not going to be able to fulfill all these expectations that Mm -hmm. society puts on us and make our own identity and our own meaning (laughs) and our own purpose no instead we need to find those things in god and on that note with like in the final chapters of Noble's book, he discusses um, like the pretty much the crux of his argument. Yes, uh, which is this um, catechism, which the Heidelberg Catechism. Yeah, I know very little about catechism, so you can you can go off on it if you want. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, no, no, okay. no. Okay, the Heidelberg catech- Catechism. Um, it the question says, "What is your only comfort in life and death?" And the answer is that I'm not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all of my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. So this catechism, you know, it brings everything into perspective, right? Yeah. Like you're hearing about who God is and then who we are because God redeemed us, right? And so everything is put in perspective and we can heartily and and willingly be ready from now on to live for Christ. And we're not like living for ourselves or living for uh, society. Uh, and and because those are all the things that overwhelm us because there's so much opportunity there. There's so much possibility and you need that sort of like necessity to ground you, right? But if there's too much necessity, that's also too grounding. And you know, you're just overwhelmed with this paradox. That's where the existential dread comes from. So by exploring who God is, who man is, we can remember our ultimate good and pursue it with, you know, a faithful heart and a joyful spirit or something like that. Yeah. And I think that as we're thinking about and talking about Noble's book, just this Mm -hmm. idea that um, we are not our own. And this catechism really expresses that in such a detailed way. And poetic way. It it is so beautifully poetic. Mm -hmm. And also when we look at the book of Ephesians, you know, we can look at the book of Ephesians and we can read about who we are in Christ. And so therefore, when we do go to our job, Mm -hmm. we are giving our best to who God is. Right. Um, 
and and we're pursuing him in that right we're not just pursuing this secular idea of efficiency right and i think that that really takes off the pressure of trying to appease everyone around us mm-hmm. because it's impossible that's an it impossible is. goal it's unachievable it's not a good ultimate good because it's on un- it's unachievable in the fact that we don't even know how to take the proper steps to like get closer to it you know And we can't make anything grow. I mean, you know, Mark chapter four talks about the seed and the sower Mm -hmm. and he's out sowing seeds and then he goes to bed and he wakes up the next day and and it grows, right? And he's like, whoa, how'd that grow? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, all we can do here is is plant. It's going to be God who ultimately grows things. Mm -hmm. And we let the growth and the development and all those things be left up to God. And, you know, we want good we want a good society right Right. a lot of the reason we do some of the things that we do is because we think if we do these things ultimately we can have a good society Mm -hmm. and we don't know what the product will be because we can't grow it we can only do what god has asked us to do in planting the seeds living an Mm -hmm. authentic christianly life yes exactly so closer to the end of the book um noble mentions like different types of like steps we can take like on that note, right? Yeah. Uh, in order to uh, cultivate that like good society by starting with yourself, by recognizing God, by recognizing man, uh, things like giving yourself and others grace, taking personal responsibility, proceeding with palms turned upwards. Which that's one of my favorites, yeah. by the way. Palms turned upwards. So T. S. Eliot's uh, poem that he's referring to. It reads, what have we to do but stand with empty hands and palms turned upwards in an age which advances progressively backwards? So this is like the problem of the city, right? So he's saying that we should pursue, in our pursuit of life, we should proceed with our palms turned upwards, you know, just like waiting for what God has for us, right? And then resisting the spirit of the city. And I think those are all really uh, beneficial um, anecdotes, you know, to take with us onto like what those tangible steps look like, you know, because that's what we ultimately are seeking. When once we uh, affirm, you know, ourselves in like the ultimate good is God, then like that's still a really abstract thing, right? We're it still is. pursuing happiness that's right. in God. Okay, what does that look like? And you just kind of have to like walk it back to like till you get to the point, you know, when we talked about last week, which is like little goals. Right? Yes, yes. Those tangible goals, those like abstract goals and like all of those types of go- things, right? And they're goals that are pursuing the ultimate good, which is God. Which is God. And it helps us to stay motivated and like keep our grounding and avoid existential dread. So, yeah. so why should we why care? Why should we care, right? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, any fixation on an ultimate good that's lacking God is ultimately going to be unsatisfying and unachievable, right? Yeah. So it's important to focus on God as that ultimate good. That's exactly right. Right. So existential dread comes from the misunderstanding of the ultimate good. That's obvious. Like we can see that now. And if God is our ultimate good, then we can seek truth, beauty, goodness, right? Which will continually satisfy each aspect of like our human being. Right. Yes. Our soul, our mind, our body. Or, yeah. Know. And that's what we're really looking for is that satisfaction, which mm-hmm. we might call peace. Yes. We might call contentment. Mm-hmm. We might call happiness in the mm-hmm. idea of we're at a place where we're being content in God. Right. So 
ultimately, the ultimate good is God. Um, And we hope this one made you think.